We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. Okay, and we're here live. Welcome to WTY Podcast. Are we there yet? I'm Rich Kamka, your host, and I'm here live with Leah Bonema. Yay! Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. It's yeah, it's a it's a very strange time, and well, it's I don't know. It's if I if I hear one more person say unprecedented, I'm just gonna like. <laughs> but Leah, you've had a lot of exciting things going on in the middle of all this. You know, you have a new book out, The Holiday Breakdown. And also, yes. you have your podcast, which has been going on, Were You Raised by Wolves? That's been going on for a while now, too. So um, what is what is it like now with the with the holiday breakdown? How did you get to that? How did that come about? I mean, I'm re I read the first chapter, and I'm already like, I'm kind of like, oh, this is, this is sort of my own projection of, like, hope and terror of, like, all the things I've happened and all that I want, and then, oh, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> But I have a dog. And all in the first chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like the like, do we watch uh is it Gandalf or Kurt Russell? Who will soothe me? Which TV <laughs> do we use? I just thought it really it captured um a very specific, a very specific longing, like a nerd romantic comedy longing. Thank you. You know, I do feel like often I really appreciate that you said that because as a person who loves Star Wars and uh, Lord of the Rings, I I often don't feel like I and I also love Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, I never see, you know, never the twain shall meet. So I was like, I'm gonna write myself one. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, I think I think also, you know, there's parts of me that when I watched Lord of the Rings, I felt like this is like my life. It's just never gonna fucking end. It's just like you get you're, you're like I remember you were talking before about we were doing a show I think it was November and it was like before the election and we're like we're doing like elbow crawls just to get to the next day and yeah it, it was that, like mid October that's what that was right right it, but it is like there is a parallel I think inner internal life of like the Lord of the Rings saga but there's also this this dreamer of a hallmark you know, movie or, or like, I, I still want the hope. I, yeah. I know there's a quest, but I want that, that the, the cuddly hope as well. I actually find Lord of the Rings very soothing um, because I do find it so hopeful. Like there's so much friendship and loyalty and uh, like a very clear right and wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Um, good versus evil and, you know, evil shines, I mean, goodness shines through you know what i mean so i find like when i get very upset i always watch lord of the rings two towers <laughs> and the other thing i always watch is hallmark christmas movies um and so in the beginning of the pandemic when we were all inside and i you know i can't speak for everybody but i think i i was very panicked you know we didn't have all the facts nobody knew what to do we were just like stay stay inside um you know and so i had been writing this horror script with like women comedy horror with the women killing people that i you know supported politically um but it was very dark yeah. and i was like i want to write something people. progressive women <laughs> killing know, people people who deserved it and <laughs> but i was like i need something like a fantasy right now that's sort of to pull me out that pull me out of the world so i just dove in 
you know, I've never done anything like this before. And I was just like, do it. So that's where it came from. Wow. And then, and just how did, was there someone else kind of helping you shape or was it just sort of your own self-driven? Like, was there like a, a deadline someone else gave? Because in the story, the character even has a deadline for like, so it's like a story within a story. I feel like it's generating <laughs> itself, but like, I know I, it triggered my own, all the other unfinished business I have that I have my own emotional deadline that I'm not meeting or afraid I won't meet. I think it well, sort of touches a lot of things. I, in the, well, uh, if anybody is a Hallmark fan, they they often follow the same format, which is girls in a city, girl has to move home to save the family business. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to follow that format and then put my stuff in. And then what I did was I just sort of used it as like, when I was anxious, if I couldn't sleep, I would write. When I woke up, I would be like, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to look at the news. I'm just going to go write. And then... Um, I had somebody look at the story arc and they were like, you know, I went online and I looked at when things were supposed to happen. Like I did that research and then somebody, somebody looked at my arc and they were like, I think you're missing one more character that would be a conflict character. Mm -hmm. So then I went back through and I added another character. Um, and then I had that all done. And then in the fall, I was like, I'm just going to finish it out. And I asked a good friend of mine. I was like, if I have this to you by Thanksgiving, because I have to have a time for me, would you be able to give it a once through and catch any like egregious grammar errors? So then that was, and I, so since I said it out loud to somebody else and they very kindly agreed, I was like, I'm just doing it. Wow. That's amazing that you have, that you, because I think, I guess I can only speak for myself, but I, and I know a lot of other people, like, I feel like I always said to myself, if I just had more free time, I would finish this next pro, you know, this pilot or this other project. And, and without, you know, knowing that the pandemic was going to come, it became really obvious that the only thing in the way is not time. It's me, you know, like <laughs> if I don't set the deadline. So it's great that you, you were able to team up, you created a community for yourself to do that. Yeah. I feel very grateful. Um, for people who are willing to, you know, help me. And then also, I think I was also driven by the fear of not being able to work again. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have to start a different career. Uh, <laughs> right, right. That's true. How are we going to do stand up? And is it ever going to, yeah, going to come ever going to happen in the way it did, knowing what we know now? Who knows? And I was yeah. like, I don't want to you know, I got to find other ways to pay rent. So right. I think that was motivating. Right. <laughs> There's that survival. <laughs> I'm going to have to dick joke my way. Another way. I have to find other ways to dick joke. Yeah. Help just like all. base level fear, I think was under there as well. And also I think the pandemic did this thing where like, I've never written a book. I don't know what is right, you know, in air quotes. And I, I think outside of a time as you, you know, these unprecedented times to use your favorite phrase, uh, I would favorite, be <laughs> most loathed, most loathed, I always say wild times, which I mean, in a, not good either, but these times, um, I think I would be more embarrassed. I'd be more self-conscious, you know, because I, you know, it's something I've never done before, but at this point you're like, who cares? You know what I mean? 
Right, right, right. There's no, what do I have to prove? Whoever I'm trying to prove it to might not even be alive in another month. So I mean, I don't even know what's going on in the world. I'm just going to do it, you know? Right, right. What else? So that was, did that, was that like the main focus? What else did you do to, to maintain your sanity? Like, I know that you have your family in, is in Maine. You were sort of back and forth there as well. Or you yeah, were... I went up and I helped. We did a lot of like projects on the house up there, which was nice to like get outside and use your body. Yeah, yeah. I think because I, I started playing. I mean, I was playing tennis last week and it's like, you know, 30 degrees. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to play, do something where I'm not just sitting in my apartment. No. Yeah, I feel like moving is so helpful to a person's moods. Right, right. Yeah, we um, re-paneled the backside of my parents' house. Oh, my God. So right. I have a whole new skill set. Now, was it uh, cedar shingle paneling or is it long? No, it's of... straight down. They fit into each other. Um. Their insurance companies, insurance companies are just the worst in the middle of a pandemic. They were like, Hey, my parents have been paying their insurance for, they've been in that house for longer than I've been like 40 years. And out of nowhere, their insurance company was like, Hey, the backside of your house is no longer in the middle of a pandemic. I was like, nobody's coming in your house. You know what I mean? You're, they're going to have workers in their house in the middle of a, also who, who has extra money? So we was we're like we're just gonna redo it ourselves. Right, right. And so we re learned how to repaint a house. Huh? On the wait, outside or inside? Outside. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, my parents, you know, used us as the illegal free <laughs> child labor. You know, dad put us on the roof to reshingle the roof and just took the ladder away. Don't come down till you finish. You know, like, okay, <laughs> we're going to learn. I mean, it creates a work ethic. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't have some sort of ridiculous, extreme work ethic imposed on me to uh, withhold love unless I did everything I was told. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. laughing. I'm laughing because I'm right there with you. And <laughs> I got shit done. I still feel dead inside, but I can't stop doing stuff. Trying to find something to do. I'm very productive. <laughs> <laughs> it might not do anything, but I'm busy. <laughs> like, no sitting around. Like my parents were very like Americans are lazy. They watch television and they take naps. <laughs> We did not come to this country for you to sleep. You know, it's very like who who lives like but it it I didn't question it because my parents just pointed to everyone else in the town. They they're all sleeping at night. They're all mm. late. You know, it was like like they were doing it was like some sort of drug. Like they drink, they eat junk food and they sleep. It's all bad habits. It's very strange. I mean, I now I'm like I love a nap, but you know, there has to I can't have to earn it. I, I immediately thought of Doritos. I was like, we do like our Doritos in this country and it is a great chip. Now, did you grow up? Did you grow up with Doritos? Did you have it in your lunch bag? As you grew no, up? I wasn't allowed to have junk food. Oh, okay. Because I, I used to try, I couldn't really trade with people because I had like fish or weird, <laughs> weird things that would like, you know, no one wants fish eyes. Ooh, Nobody you know. wanted my food either. My parent, my mom was like, 
you know, A, she put everything in wax paper and she taped it with like the dark brown tape. Um, and it was always like some kind of a chickpea mash in like a heavy, you know, brown bread with like a sprout and people would be like, gross. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing to me? I want a snackable. You know what I mean? <laughs> but now as an adult, you're like, oh, you put the energy into making food for me. And that's like your way of showing love right. by making sure I had a good immune system. Thank God, because I beat the shit out of it as the late teens and 20s. Right. And thank right. God I had all those chickpeas in there. <laughs> in a chickpea vault. You, <laughs> you, had a trust, you had a chickpea trust fund. I had a chickpea trust fund. There are so many legumes in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now now a thing before before these unprecedented times you had just i mean i feel like i mean i don't know it could have been 20 years from ago you did you know the late show with stephen colbert and i feel like that was like this huge moment and then i think the pandemic just came i mean i don't know how much time between that and the, the pandemic yeah you know i think you're right i think it was just a few months. What was it? You're right. It feels like a decade ago, but it was like October. Oh my God. So not even that. October before the pandemic. Yeah. October before the pandemic. Right. So it's, yeah. So it's like a huge, a huge victory. Thank uh, you. I mean, my mind, I'm like, is that right? No, that's time is just. Right. Cause I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that that it just happened. Cause I was remember, you know, doing promotion for one of a show that you were, you were doing with me. And I was like, that outfit from, you know, I remember the outfit, the square cut with the, you know, she, I, you know, I'm also gay. I have gay DD memories. No, so I remember all you. that. That's, it was very, I'm not good with outfits. It was very hard for me to pick. How did you come down? Did, did, did they suggest, or you just showed them things or you just decided from. Oh, I picked and then I took a picture and I sent it in. Oh, okay. I wanted to wear suit pants. Um, because I love a, a suit pant. Yeah. Yeah. And then I always wear. I usually wear hoodies, but I can't wear a hoodie. So I wanted to do a, like a jacket, you know? Yeah. 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 So then I went with a light blue, like a baby blue. Right. Right. And then and a then darker a, blue core. Yeah. And then yeah. those were, I had never worn those heels. So right before I walked on, I was like, please, Jesus Lord, let me turn a corner in these heels just one time. <laughs> <laughs> so they were un they were un they were they yes they were untested that's so yeah yeah it's like I, I i do comedy in like a uniform i have like this jean and like you know 10 blue v-necks or blue crew neck and that's i kind of just feel like that's my thing and then when i have an audition or a special thing i feel weird like oh this thing isn't quite i mean it's nice but it doesn't it's just not worn in and i don't know like there's a, there's a piece of my brain that's like, oh my God, there's like 2% of my brain is feeling what I'm doing. I'm like, no, I just want to be here. Yeah. It's really like, I, this, I'm the same way. I have my sneakers and then I have like three outfits. Um, and in my mind, you know, I watched a lot of people, you can tell when people aren't comfortable in their clothes, not just comics, anybody. Right. And you start, people pull, you start pulling. And once you start pulling, it is done. You're going to keep pulling. You know, I was also obviously sensitive about I wanted to like stand up straight and look nice. You know what I mean? So I was trying not to become self-aware. I was like, just do it like it's a live crowd. And, and and I had one moment where I it was like I came out of my mind. You know, I was talking my set. I was saying the words were coming out, 
but my mind, I felt my other hand, the non-mic hand going to pull my jacket and a very clear voice in the back of my hand was like, if you touch that fucking jacket, I will cut your hand off. (laughs) Don't you touch that jacket. (laughs) It was like the loudest voice. (laughs) Oh my God. So how did you come back into your body? Did you just, it happened for a second and you got- Just happened for a second and then I went back into- you know, I tried really hard just to focus on the live audience, you know, and be right. like, this is like we do in live shows. Be right. like, this is right. like a live show. How far away is the, the live show? How far is the audience away from you? They're they're like, you know, when you do shows that where you're actually on a larger stage. So there's that part of the stage and then the lip down and then, you know, like a, that's so they're not that far. It's not because. Yeah, because I did this one thing. I don't know. This is the core. This is like the birth of cable or some sort of gay channel some gay channel doesn't exist and they had me and then the camera and then like two male go-go dancers in underwear and then two female go-go dancers in bras or whatever panties and then there's an audience way back i'm like who am i playing to and i i know you know it's like you want to play to the go-go dancers because they're right there right but they're also in their underwear and they're not responding (laughs) because it's like they're in their underwear you know (laughs) like and i'm like this is also weird so at least in your situation, there's there was still, yeah, you know, this makes sense. You know, there's a major network. They were like, let's make sure there's connection. Let's make sure you know it's it's as conducive to your comedy as, as you can. Yeah, they're right there. That's like a theater. They're right there, yeah. and they're lit. For yeah, the yeah, so you can see their so you can see their response. They're not in the dark, and you just hear things, right? Yeah. So I I just focused on keeping it like a regular show. You know. How did, like, you, how did you feel? Because I mean, the set looked to me, it looked great. I was like thrilled. Thank but you. I, I'm dying to know, like, what, you know, are there pieces in your brain that are like, oh shit. Once I said my first joke, um, I don't know what I was, af- I was afraid that I would blank or that I would, you know, they were all shortened versions that I would go onto the longer version. You know, I had all these fears. Um, did they give you feedback? Like, here's what you're going to do and here's the order? Oh, your set has to get approved like seven right. times, You know what right. I mean? Because people say that they, you know, submit and then they kind of pick it apart and- It gets you know. cut and edited and then, um, so, you know, in my mind, I was like, what if I do a longer version? You know what I mean? I would, then I was just like, stop it. You know what I mean? I, rehear- I rehearsed it a million times. I was like, you're just going to go out there, you know? <laughs> It's five minutes. And then I was like, you've done, you've done an hour in front of people. I was like, you can't nail five minutes. <laughs> so that's your gentle self-talk. happening. Yeah. I can't do gentle self-talk. It doesn't work for me. Like, <laughs> Pull your shit together, bring a lit roller and get out there and behave for five minutes. Then you can go backstage and have a breakdown. And <laughs> I came off stage and I literally, I think I went to the person I go, oh, I, I think I felt okay about that because, you know, it just happened. And I, I was like, I think I did all this stuff I was supposed to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> and when you watch the tape, you're like, oh, it, did it take a while to digest that it happened? Like it really did it and it happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like you were five years old watching this alien adult version of yourself? Like I imagine my inner child would be like, what, what are you doing? I know. It's like, I also, 
I have this very, you know, I, I of course want to pick apart things and be like, oh, you know what I mean? But I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm just trying to be, you know, proud of myself. And I feel like I also got to stay true to my voice and talk about things that matter to me. And I felt really good about it, Um, which is also a really weird feeling for me just to be like, I feel good about something I did. Like I almost feel guilty saying that. (laughs) And I was like, those are old tapes. We're allowed to feel proud. Right, right. Well, do you feel like a lot of that came up? Because this, and this is like, I don't know whether you want to call it artist way or people's own artistic recovery of like, when a, a, a milestone happens, all the self-critical voices that were ruling you until you had the breakthrough are like, okay, this is one last chance to like tie you down in this old story because you, you're living in a different, you know, I, to me, it's like, wow, this has happened. This has manifested because on some level, I agree that I am greater than I used to think I was because now I show up and the world is giving me this. Yes. Um, you know, I've, I've created this. So now, you know, are, are there parts of you like kind of in shock that it's happened or? Well, I think that the part of me that was like, that was like, I think there was this thing in my mind that was like, you, that's not for you. You're not a person who gets picked for that. Um, you know, and then the opportunity came up and I did the work and, you know, I, I kept changing it. And then the date came up and I didn't have a crippling panic attack. And, um, I have this visual of myself when I was this little girl and I was wearing this, I loved Kmart. There was a Kmart that was like 40 minutes away and, um, I really wanted this outfit with um, stirrup pants with a matching sweater and <laughs> a rainbow or a scoop neck with a rainbow. No, it was like a black and turquoise stripes and um, the brakes in our car weren't working. And my mom was like, it was like first day of school or something. And my mom was like, okay, we can go to Kmart, but I can't stop the car. So you have to like jump out. <laughs> And so she's like rolling around the parking lot. I like jump out or, you know, and I go in and I buy it. You know, I'm a little, I'm a little kid. I got my little money. And then I, I have to like jump in the car cause she can't stop. To <laughs> pick stop me up. My car. And, um, <laughs> and so it was like my stirrup pants. And I remember, you know, I didn't, I, 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 I rarely talk about this, but you know, I definitely, I didn't think we all feel like this way, but it didn't feel like I, I love my friends from where I grew up and I, it was a very supportive community. You know, I told you my mom had a car accident. I went home to help her. The community showed up, they fed us, they did a fundraiser, but like as a child, I didn't feel like I fit in. You know what I mean? I was Mm. much taller than everybody. I, I was the only person in the town with curly hair. I was like this very big, you know, I have this round face. I just felt weird and I know everybody feels weird um but I remember I had this my stirrup pants and it's I don't have a lot of memories of my childhood but I have this very clear vision of looking at myself in the mirror in these stirrup pants and this turquoise and black sweatshirt and it's really my only visual of myself as a youth and being like I always wanted to be a performer you know what and just like looking at myself and then after I saw that I was like that little kid would shit themselves about what you just did <laughs> They would be so proud of you. So whenever I go to get self-critical, I was like, you think about that kid in stirrup pants who would have like sold their tits to be, you know, in New York City performing on that stage. And you did it, you know? Yeah. So anytime I want to, I'm like, 
think about that girl jumping out of a car to buy a pair of seven dollars syrup pants <laughs> just wanting to perform and then you know so that's what i think about yeah yeah i think i, I mean the story i have for myself is like you know, no one becomes a comedian because they were seen or they felt safe or belonged i think for me that what's driven is like this is my opportunity to finally be seen. I mean, I have to take care of myself as an adult, but I think there's a there's an unconscious drive of like this is a thing, this is like this is going to itch this itch in a way that that I I've always wanted. I don't know. I, I when I the first time I discovered stand up, I was like, oh my god, this is like a superpower, and like the Lord of the Rings is real. I, I <laughs> put on the mic and like there's <gasps> a thing. I mean, something dark can happen too. Like you're like, oh my god, what's happening? But it's like this kind of thing. When was your first experience? Like when did you get that hit where you're like. <gasps> stand-up comedy is like why calling um i don't even actually think i knew it was a thing you know what i mean i didn't know people like my parents listened to records when i was growing up with a lot of stories which i think and i remember the stories and i remember loving the stories um but then i had moved to new york and i was in a spoken word group um, and I did a, a spoken word, like I went to, you know, late night poetry readings and I had a hat that like fell over <laughs> my eye, you know, the whole thing. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Collective unconscious or something. Or? <laughs> very, I was in a group called spoken soldiers. Oh, stop. stop For it. real. That's real. And <laughs> I just remember this really fun zippy I had. It was a good time. And uh, this woman <laughs> saw a bunch of my poems and she was like, I'd love to do a one woman show with you. And when we were doing the show, she asked me to take a stand up class to like learn how to punch things up. Mm, mm. And then, you know, you have to perform at the end of it. And that rush where you're like, oh, this could go absolutely horribly wrong. And I'm going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? And you get to talk about, and I remember at the time I did, I did this, I used to have this, uh, I did this whole long thing about uh, getting HIV tested um, because when I grew up, I, I don't know when everybody else grew up, but like HIV was like the big thing. And so every health class was about like HIV. That was, that was the thing. And I remember this movie they showed us about it with these two girls. And one of the girls was, you know, air quotes promiscuous. And the other girl was in this long-term relationship. And the long-term relationship girl was like to her friend, you know, you're raw dogging it all over the city. You should have get an HIV test. And her friend was like, I don't want to go. I'm scared. And she's like, I'll go with you. So they went and got their HIV test. And then the girl who was in the relationship ended up having HIV. So, I mean, that was like, I don't know, that's been in my subconscious. So anyway, I did this long thing about talking about it and uh, it was like going and like, I, I, you know, every time I would go, I would like say these ridiculous things to these poor people who are like taking, they're just like, I just needed to do a test. Like stop, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I got like barred from coming back to this one place. They were like, you should actually get mental health because there's no <laughs> way you could have it since the last time you were here. And <laughs> so I did this whole thing, you know, like very honest and just like talking about it. And it, like, when do you, in what other medium do you get to make fun of like your own fears that and share it with people in case anybody else out there wants to talk about their things and not feel alone, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm hooked on this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's great. 
<laughs> it sounds so <laughs> but it is that that there is that moment and you're like oh and then how did so then you came to you were you were in new york already then yeah i started in new york yeah yeah okay i love it i love it what was and the one person show what was it called uh it was called always with a heart never with the mind <laughs> that's like a, that is definitely a hallmark special uh, it was about uh, about a small town girl moving to New York City, and um, I had to take a citizen's test to become a New Yorker. That was like oh, the premise. The premise, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it was sort of like my, my inability to set a boundaries, um, you know what I mean? And uh, how I sort of led with like my gut instincts, you know, it was a lot of Gandalf references that, you know, once you're invested in something, <laughs> it never changes. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess Gandalf was sort of like your archetype for your own hero's journey, and you just applied it everywhere. Everywhere, right? It was like glitter. It just got on everything. It's yes, it's everywhere. exactly what it's like. That's so perfect. Gandalf is my glitter. It's right. everywhere. Yeah, that'll be your bumper sticker. Gandalf is my glitter. Um, what? I mean, I love the idea of your, of your, uh seven dollar leggings inner your inner child your inner inner leggings child and uh how that because i think i think i have to remind myself like i was in a very small town where people used to call me you know the n-word you know which is typical this is a small american town where people don't even know what i am but it's also typical because they're always outsourcing to asia <laughs> well how horrible is it that it's typical you know what i mean i don't right. it's such a but it was just something that anyone who was different was like labeled some horrible thing. But I didn't, I didn't know. Then when I came to New York, people were like, oh, wow. Like guys would walk up to me on the street like, ooh, do you speak English? Like they were into me because I was different. And I didn't understand how to, to even cope with that. Because I'm like, well, these people just want to sleep with me. And now I'm like thinking, oh my God, I should have, I should have said yes. I was too like, <laughs> I had no... I, I, I should have said yes. <laughs> well, because I was like, oh, these people are disgusting. They all find me like attractive. Like what's 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 wrong with these people that are attracted to me? I was told my whole life I was grotesque. And then so I mean, do you find like for yourself, like that awkwardness that, you know, is, is I think everyone has like the awkwardness in them, but you found this other the kind of breakthrough with stand up. And then what was your journey to now? Like now you're like, you do it. But there, you know, you talk about kind of the voices while you're just about to go on stage and like pull it together, don't fucking touch your hand. And like, yeah, all this kind of like childhood trauma that's just sort of hanging out, like right here. It's ready at any moment to come yeah, back. It's really ready to jump in front of my face. How do you, um, what do you do? Like, how do you stay? How do you prep? How do you keep yourself, you know, from putting the ring on? <laughs> you know, I, like right before I go on stage, I always put my hands on my hips. You know, I do the body, the power body move. Oh yeah, the power pose. Right, right, right. Wonder Woman power pose. And then I usually close my, I try to close my eyes or or look up for, if I could get a good 60 seconds of it, you know what I mean? Which is actually a much longer time than people realize of visualizing myself doing the thing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. having a good time. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I, I like to just visualize that I'm doing whatever it is and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. That's my visual. Like, I'm just, I feel good. You know, I'm in the right. moment. Right. Um, right. So I used to, 
uh, my anxiety, my anxiety, I got dry mouth. So I used to chew gum, but I didn't chew it. I tucked it on my back tooth because it stops your mouth from getting dry. Um, but then this is, I don't know if I ever told anybody this. Um, I chewed gum up until I booked the Colbert and they can't, yeah, you can't do that on a live television. Um, so I think I had like four weeks to learn how to do comedy without chewing gum when I'd been doing it for 10 years. Your sense memory was like, there's always a cut in the back of my mouth. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's like, it keeps your mouth wet. So when your mouth, you know, cause it's like a trigger when your mouth gets dry, you get nervous, you know, right. Right. Like a physical. So I, I was like, all right, you're from now, no more gum. You know what I mean? So that was like, I just had to get rid of that security blanket wow and so what did you do you just walked around dry mouth did you have lozenges i just walked around dry mouth and i did the same thing where i was like pull it together for five minutes (laughs) you only have to not have dry mouth for five minutes and then you can have a dry mouth all you want (laughs) (laughs) that's how you soothe yourself and i you know what just pull the shit together pull it together pull it together (laughs) well i like knowing that i only have to keep it together for five you know what i mean that is really that works the best for me i'm not good at self-soothing i don't have that where but i'm like you can literally fall apart immediately after and you can fall about before but if you could just (laughs) suck it up (laughs) for four minutes and 56 seconds could you just emotionally spanks yourself <laughs> yes, that's for five I... minutes of emotional spanks and then you can rip that off and just I'll be like, you want to freak out, lay on the floor and cry and you know eat seven things of of cookies? Fine. I need five minutes before that. <laughs> oh, I love it. See, I got all caught up in affirmations. Like I, you know, I mean everyone has to have their own process, but it's like. I'm lovable. I'm even, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this like tapping and grounding and, you know, crying through my childhood before I go on stage. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, it does, I ju- it just doesn't work for me. So yeah, I just yeah. put my, I give myself a time limit. <laughs> <laughs> you can cry all you want after, but you're going to be a, you're going to be a woman for five minutes. <laughs> and then you're going to be a baby after. <laughs> now, how can people find you? Like, what are, what are channels for them to, to follow you. I literally was like, I'm in Queens and <laughs> <laughs> I My often go to the CVS. Um, <laughs> they have the best card selection. Um, <laughs> they really do. I don't know if you've seen this. I love a nice card. Which, oh, well, which I know the one that's near QED. No, it's not. It's not the I'm one. not over there. You're further. I, well, I remember dropping you off. You're in the same place. You're a little further deeper Close in to Long Island City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not to give folks at home my home address. Uh, <laughs> no, but like your dad. No, I'm kidding. I, I started it. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it with audience members. I'm like, so, so man, where are you zooming in from? Oh, okay. So what's your address and your, what the, what's your mother's maiden name? You know, they're like, huh? And I'm like, I'm kidding. And they're like, zero, zero, eight. <laughs> Matheson, two T's. Side note, I really quick, then we'll go back. I just got a, I'm filling out, you know, it's like time of year for doctor's appointments, which huge blessing in my life. It's literally the first, this is the first time in my life that I've had a primary care doctor. I never had health insurance. So it's so funny explaining to somebody 
They're like, how do you have no blood work? And I was like, have you been in America? You know what I mean? I grew up without health insurance. I have not been in the, I didn't know people just went and got, you know, I don't even know what you're looking for. Um, but yeah, uh, you were raised by wolves. That's, really, your, your podcast is a perfect way you wave by wolves. We didn't do that. We drank a lot of hot water and <laughs> there was a lot of tea tree oil. Um <laughs> But it, it's like, an, I think an old form, you know, you go to one doctor and they're like, you know, let's go see, you know, you have to check out, do it, you know, when you've never been to a doctor, they're like, oh, you got to see everybody. So, which I'm grateful for that I can do that. Um, but like, it was like my, my information and then they wanted my spouse or parental information with their social security number. And I was like, is this the Victorian age? You need my spouses or my, like you're getting their social, you're going to call them up and ask permission. I don't understand. I'm an empowered woman. I don't need this patriarchy. I literally like wrote an essay in the line. You know what I mean? I think they're going to be like, we don't need whatever this is. Uh, <laughs> that was just if you're a minor. But thank you for the <laughs> full, I like have it written on the back with an arrow, just so you know. <laughs> you're like ma'am we just want to know in case you have an uh apple you know some sort of attack who we contact we just need your emergency contacts that's all. i know and then i'm like oh sorry i just run me the wrong way um <laughs> sorry i just didn't have my morning coffee sorry <laughs> oh i read that wrong my bad um <laughs> don't try to betray my family i'm sorry it's with an l e a h there's an h sorry there's an h yes an H, yeah, there's an H. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. So bad. Love like, and light. My, my mother hasn't worn underwear since the 70s. So I come by this legally. Um <laughs> <laughs> your oh. parents were like super duper hippie, like no underwear. Well, my parents are very interesting because they were raised fundamentalist Christians. But hippies. And then they're hippies, but they still have this like duality inside of them. Um, because it's I think it's a part of, you can't, you know what I mean? If you're raised, I think sometimes it's very hard to undo lots of tapes. Yeah, I mean, I was raised Catholic, so I still feel unworthy, even though I'm an out proud gay man, I still feel like I'm, you know, have to do penance every time I wanna have joy. <laughs> it's so hard to undo, you know, and then I also think about God. I actually still go to church. My mother is very religious, but like in like the version of like where God is just loving and accepts everybody and you just like take care of people like the nice right. one. Right, um, right. The inclusive but, God. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I go to church and, and, and I do feel that way when I want to feel joy. I feel like I'm doing something wrong or I'm being, you know, and, I, and I'm like, would I even believe in a God that the thought that way no and do i think about that for other people no and then then you're like then how do you get it out of here right 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 i catch myself going you you're allowed to to in, enjoy yourself right now the world's coming to an end but you can still enjoy yourself while it's ending you know you don't have to like just be out the window on your fire escape screaming the whole time i feel this kind of strange you know i still believe in a god i just I not the one that was like telling me I need to get electroshock therapy and like but then there's a there's a world between these I don't know there's like you said there's all these like what's this other there's other pieces that are still there's other episodes that are in syndication in my head that are not fun episodes that are this there yeah and it's like you want to just like beep 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 
I'm in this group called Faithful America. And it's like people who believe in, you know, or religious people, but like vehemently reject the homophobia and the racism and the violence and the way that people use religious institutions to like, you know, be horrible. And that's, is that like, you feel like that's a re helping you resolve these kind of bleep, bleep, bleep. Well, it just reminds me that there's like a whole community of people out there that like do believe and like love for the greater good. You know what I mean? And that I don't like the idea that people get shit. People get to claim religion. You know what I mean? Like homophobic people, racist people, people who believe in violence, you know, misogynist people who think that women can't, they don't, they don't get to claim religion. And like, so they're louder right now and have worse outfits. So they get more attention, but <laughs> that doesn't make it real. You know what I mean? They're using religion because they're full of fear and some kind of poo poo that they haven't been able to get out of their brains. Right. Right. I mean, I wonder like, like when I was, you know, devastated watching what happened at the Capitol, I feel like, you know, and I was listening to people talk like, you know, there's there's some kind of belonging or connection that this kind of movement can hijack. Like, I want to belong to a to a a cause. But if people are aligned to a cause in a group and you feel belonging and love, if it's aligned to a cause that that may harm other people, maybe I mean, I haven't been in a situation like that, but I imagine you could abandon certain, I don't know, social structure where you're like, yeah, whatever, just burn it down, kill that person because I have this connection to something. I don't know. I've been trying to make sense of like, are these people aren't evil. They're, they're, I mean, maybe they're evil, but there's something that's driving them. That's not just, I'm an evil person. There's some kind of belonging that must be, I, mean, I was just watching some, I forgot what I was watching, but it's like, there's some kind of belonging that made them all come together. Well, I think it's like, it's very much like being in a cult. Right, right. And I, I do think, you know, the people like the Ted Cruz's and the Josh Howley's who are like, they know, they know that they're manipulating people. They know that the audience, the audience, oh my God. <laughs> what it is but they have an audience they're playing to yeah they know the elections they know our process is real you know what i mean but they're manipulating to get these people who need to feel belong to something and for you know what i mean ted cruz is just honestly honestly a garbage fire i just uh it is funny to watch i don't want to go too far into this because i'll just go off with the end. but like the how he was, you know, just attacked and, and trashed by Trump. And then you watch him now, he's like best friends after he just, I, I don't want to list all that. It's just kind of, I'm re-traumatizing myself. Oh yeah, but it's I, unbelievable. But I think of like, what are, what kind of self-abandonment has to happen to just sort of eyes on the prize in like a dark, in a dark way, like whatever's going to get me the power, I'm just going to manipulate the situation and just keep going, even if, you know, I have no more integrity with myself. It doesn't it's matter. Unbelievable. And I also remember a long time ago on a much lesser, much lesser importance. I read this article where he said, it's one of the new Star Wars was coming out, the third of the new ones. And he always said he fancied himself as Han Solo. 
And I wanted to be like, how can you be so unaware? You're the evil empire. (laughs) (laughs) But that's but that's a good conversation to have, because I don't think anyone that's in the evil empire believes they're evil. Because if they did, I mean, they I think the head of the evil empire, the emperor did. Right. But all these people following are following based on fear. I mean, if you watch, I mean, if I if I want to classically follow the storyline of Star Wars, it's like a lot of these people are all just afraid and they're all following the the terror of everyone above them. Each person's kind of punishing, you know, there's a there's a hierarchy of terror that's being passed down and they're all in yeah. alignment with it. No, I agree with that. But I mean, Ted Cruz, you let Donald Trump shit on your wife. You think you're Han Solo? You think Han Solo would behave that way? Get the fuck out of here. You think you could pull off pants with stripes on the side? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, and I never stripes. talk about what people look like, but you, Han Solo, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now how can people follow you? Leah Bonima? Leah Bonima, if um, please check out my book, The Holiday Breakdown. Available, uh, I mean, available. I, I, Amazon. I also, but I have it. It's on. It's not on. Is it Kindleable or is it only? It's in Kindle page? Unlimited. Right, Kindle Unlimited. That because I was trying to watch. Yeah. If you, if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's free. If you don't have a Kindle, you can still download it onto your phone, your computer, or your iPad. Um, and then, uh, co-host the podcast, were you raised by wolves? And it's like how to be a nice person podcast. Oh, nice. Well, Leah, I'm so glad we joined today. This feels, I feel inspired. I feel fed and I feel like, uh, I want to get my leggings and stripes on my stirrups and my, my stripes. They were horizontal stripes. Talk about daring. Right. <laughs> But at the time, you were supposed to do horizontal against a stirrup pant. You would never do vertical. <laughs> you don't want to do a stirrup that's pulling up and then stripes going up. That would just be like. It would be wrong. Right, right. Because you're like going <laughs> up and then out. Yeah. Now, how did you get back in the car? How did you get back in the car without killing yourself? She's driving I, around I the jumped. lot. She just, the, oh, the door opened and you just, you know, put one hand on the door and you ran and you jumped. I mean, you want stirrup pants. You figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh well leah thank you so much for joining me uh i'm so glad we could spend a little time and congratulations again on your book you know the holiday breakdown uh and people can also catch you on your podcast where you wave by wolves and you could also i'll I'll have links in the metas here for well for people to find find you follow you and and you know enjoy the rest of your gandalf kurt russell journey thank you i really appreciate it i feel like i uh talked more about myself um yeah that's candidly than i normally do uh sharing a lot of my fears so it's a new thing i'm doing where i'm just letting it all out right rigorous honesty (laughs) why not why not well thank you again leah for more information about uh leah bonima you can check check follow her at leah bonima on instagram and and her website i'll have all the links down here uh leave a review on you know Wherever you're getting this, leave a review and tell your friends. Uh, but you can go leave to a WTY. nice review. Well, a nice review. Well, of course. It's like, you know, affirm. We want to affirm each other. Uh, but it's uh, WTYPOD. That's We There Yet podcast, WTYPOD.com. Uh, you can follow us here 
on you know on your on Apple on Stitcher wherever it is you're listening you already know how to do this you didn't just stumble here like you're <laughs> unless you're like a mother who's been abducted and shoved in front of a computer but uh I'm which rich happens Cam well yeah well then they have to figure out how do I get in there like you know they don't know how to talk to the Alexa or the Google you can listen to this on Google you could just say hey Google you know stream WTY podcast with Rich Camco interviewing Leah Bonham and it will play it's like it's amazing the world is totally findable uh <laughs> But Leah, thank you so much. I'm so glad we could talk today. All thank the you best so much time. for having me. This is really a delight. Yay. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hate hanging up, so I'm going to just sit here. <laughs> okay. Well, for more information, you can go to WTYPOD. That's WTYPOD.com. We There Yet Podcast. I'm Rich Kamko, and this has been Leah Bonama. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Love you. Love you. It's a comedy journey.